Welcome to NS Audio, you incredible people. Today, I'm joined by guest Maxim Sokolov, who has an immense branding and design expertise. He grew up in Russia, moved to America, and found huge passion for graphic design along with personal development with everything he's been through. He's on a mission to build a successful graphic design business called Design Theory and becoming the best version of himself mentally and physically. In our conversation today, we spoke about all things branding, all things design, and Maxim's experience with what he's built and experienced. There's so much value you can obtain from this episode. And as always, to those of you who are new, new episodes of NS Audio drop every Wednesday. And if you'd like to let me know your feedback, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or reach out to me at Nitty Saran on Instagram or Twitter. So without talking too much, let's get right into it. Hey, Max, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Okay. So I well, thank you for joining me, first of all. And I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to, you know, have this conversation with me. And, you know, I'm really excited to be, you know, having this conversation with you. So let's get right into it. Okay. Good. Thank you for having me. I mean, this is my first podcast ever. And uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. And a little nervous, to be honest. So <laughs> okay. let's do it. Well, just be you and, you know, let the nerves calm down and it's all good, okay? That's, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So tell me about yourself. Tell us your backstory. And, like, for people who are listening, the audience who's listening, who are you? So, everyone, my name is Maxim Sokolov. People Max. Uh, I'm a freshman at New Jersey Institute of Technology. Uh, I study business. And in the meantime, I'm uh, an aspiring graphic designer to call myself a visual strategist <laughs> and so I'm also uh, I have a blog called design theory where uh, you know I try I'm trying to the whole premise of it is to uh, it's a blog about design business and you know why great design is almost inseparable from strategy and logic that's the whole premise of it and um, you know as, as, as in if we talk about the backstory uh you know, it's a it's a long story to be honest. Um, I come from I come from Russia, Saint Petersburg, Russia, just like the uh, the second largest city, and um, I grew I grew up in a in a very well off family. You know, we we were very well off. My dad was a was a businessman. He had an online store and uh, and a couple of retail ones. My mom was his assistant, and um, you know, from a very young age, I guess I was uh, my dad was always working and. Uh, you know, when we did spend time together, it was not often, not all, it was not always, you know, just playing soccer or, you know, just playing ball or something. Oftentimes it was, you know, some really meaningful experiences. You know, the, the older I got, the, the older I got, the more we talked about, you know, the business side of things and uh, logos, right? The marketing and you know, like all those things and being exposed to that from a very young age, I guess, had an impact. And also considering that my dad was in the, in the fashion business, uh, just for, for you guys, for those of you who don't know, in the fashion business, aesthetics matter a lot, right? The retail experiences has to be top notch. And so, you know, as a startup, you know, when my dad was starting up, you know, you almost, when, as, as a startup, right? You do uh, website design, you do, you do everything. And for him, he was lucky enough that he got a great taste for interior design and for even graphic design. And so, you know, being exposed to all of that uh, from a young age also really has an impact. And so I have an impact, but I was in this environment where I was just, you know, goofing around with my friends, 
you know, even smoking a little bit, you know, just doing things that you're not supposed to do. And um, really, I didn't really see any future for myself. I knew that, you know, I wasn't a dumb kid. I was a smart kid, but it was just, I didn't really see a way out of it. And um, one day what, what changed is I was playing Counter-Strike on my, on my laptop and uh, my parents called me down. They're like, Max, come in. Uh, we have a talk for you. I'm like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> and so uh, they were like, Max, um, me, and, me and your dad, we thought about it long and hard. And uh, we made a decision that we're moving to New York, New York City. And to just, just, just so you know, before that, um, before that moment, New York City was, you know, probably the city I wanted to go to. I was lucky enough, I was blessed enough to really travel the world a lot, Europe, Asia, but New York was like my top destination. I've never been to America and living there, that's a whole other story, right? And especially in New York City, you know, this, the, uh, the, the hometown of Spider-Man. So uh, that, was, uh, that was a huge thing for me. And so uh, that was the turning point, you know, we moved and, you know, mind you, I love the, uh, the life of having lots of friends, having lots of hangouts. And they're really not working a lot, just just talking to people, hanging out, spending time, and really moved to a whole other environment where I wasn't really ready for it. Right. I had the English, thankfully, but you know, it's still different culture, different mentality. People joke about different things. And uh, that really had a profound impact. And uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't socialize as much as I as I used to. And you know, that and with all the influence that I had in the youth, right, when I was when I was a child, really started to, I guess, bring up. And over time, I really got drawn in myself. And I realized, I was like, hey, Max, you're, you're growing up. You're going to high school. You're going to college soon. You, you really get to start thinking about your future. And uh, that's, I guess, what has driven me to, uh, to become who I am now and really focus on myself, taking care of myself and, you know, building a career that I want, building the life that I want. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I became Maxim Sokolov. That's that's it. <laughs> well, that's really beautiful. That's a really beautiful story. And you know, think just when you were telling it, I had a huge smile on my face when you said like your parents called you down and they said you guys are moving to New York. Like that's that's crazy. Like that made me really happy to hear that. And you know, it's crazy mm -hmm. that you you know grew up in Russia and then you you know you were just fooling around, but also you always had that little impact from your parents that they you know had their own business and they had you know that's um, one thing. I mean, they were mm -hmm. and like a lot of uh, I had a lot of like situations in school where I realized that like some some things that I take some some things that I. Uh, that I do in, in school, like weren't really normal. And like, like for, for example, being honest, right? I would often mm -hmm. like, let's say it, I was a really bad kid. Let me say this. I was a huge bully, like a huge bully. And uh, I was, I was goofing around all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, for some reason I had, how can I put this? Um, my parents taught me to be honest, right? Let's say I really, uh, insulted someone and they were like Max don't try to hide it like you're being a jerk just say just say sorry you know like things like that those small situations right they teach you but because you grew up in like in this environment they really go deep down in you and you don't really act them out as much you know what I'm talking about and so you know yeah. what what really uh, helps them I guess come out is when you change your environment 
and uh, that's I guess one of the, well, one of the most biggest lessons in my life is that like your environment is is key. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always say like when you start surrounding yourself with different sort of environment, that's when you start to become like that environment. I'm sure you heard this quote. It's like everywhere and everyone knows it. It's like if you're surrounding yourself with five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth, right? Yes, like yes, yes, yourself yes. With, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So you got to surround yourself with people who are where you want to be and just thinking about how you moved here and, you know, everything started to change. You started to think differently. You started to operate differently. 100%. It's just really, yeah, it's definitely great to hear. And also, I love that you got your passion from what your parents are doing and, you know, seeing how your parents are working and applying that to, you know, design, business and mm -hmm. branding and all that sort of stuff. So what made you, you know, you referred and mentioned to design theory. What made you want to start design theory? And, you know, it's a design blog, but tell us more about what the design theory is and what made you want to start it. So, um, okay, let's, so I said design theory around uh, November. So basically around two months ago. And, um, you know, uh, just before that, I really had some experience with uh, social media management. And uh, uh, I really wanted to, really set my foot in the door of graphic design, start getting clients, really start getting some work because first of all, I'll be honest with you, I really want to, I need some money for college and, and everything, that's one. And second of all is, I just love it. You know, I found out that, uh, you know, I hate everything, but I hate design the least. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's a, it's a, it's a love and hate yeah. relationship. I hate it and I also love it. So I hate it the least. <laughs> that's, that's why I chose to do graphic design, but Otherwise, I just realized that, like, uh, that um, as a freelancer, right, as a graphic graphic design freelancer, uh, it's incredibly hard to get clients. And um, the way you get clients is either you, you just cold call or you start building your network. I realized that I, I did some research, and I, the more I did research, the more I realized that, you know, the value of a huge, high-quality network is – it's invaluable it's it's uh you can you can it can get you you know a million um it can get you in a million different directions and it's very useful and so i decided okay the, how would i build my network i started to reach out to some people you know ask some questions like hey what do you do how'd you start it you know tell me your story just you know just asking people around and you know um trying to trying to build some kind of connection but I, then i realized that I looked at your page, uh, I looked at uh, some other people's pages, and I just realized that social media is it. This is this is the ultimate tool to build communities, build brands. And, uh, you know, I've, I never really wanted to be like a blogger or, you know, you know a podcast. I saw, I saw it as like a very corny, corny but um, then I just realized like, hey man, why do you think it's corny? Because you're afraid of judgment what's 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 the issue with it and then i realized okay let's let's just do it let's let's start something let's start building a network let's start a community and you know it, it wouldn't be just your networking experience uh, it would be a chance for you to practice your design skills you know creating some social media layouts uh you know create a brand build a brand. and so that would be you know many experiences in one and uh i had an idea of what i want design theory to be but you know it's still a forming forming vision or mission i guess and uh, I, de I decided you know what man you don't have to you can't make the idea perfect so just go with it and uh i did
I launched my website. I launched the design theory blog on Instagram and uh, it's been going, I mean, pretty well. I mean, I hate it just like I hate design, but I hate it the least. <laughs> so that's, that's it. That's that. Yeah. That's, that's really cool to hear that you, you know, you first thought that social media, going to social media and going to like a podcast, like I heard you, were, I saw on one piece of your content that you're going to start a podcast this year. And, you know, thinking about how like you, you know, you thought it was corny at first and, you know, you didn't want to do it. Like what made you, what do you think was stopping you? Well, it wasn't, well, let me say this. It wasn't a huge stop. Uh, you know, what I, what I thought, mm-hmm. when I, what I was taught in high school, what I taught myself is that really judgment, you know, judgment over social media and judgment over things that really help you improve, you know, and put your life at another level or that judgment is, is very, it's useless. It does it doesn't make any sense. Why would you be afraid of moving to another level? And uh, if people don't get you, people don't get you, right? That blog, if you don't like the blog, it's not for you, right? That's the way I look mm-hmm. at this. And also it's I'm a lot of products, you know, a huge lesson that I learned in, in, this, in this design space is, and branding space as well, is that, Hey, if you don't want, uh, you know, like those Smurf toys, it doesn't mean that they're bad. They're just not for you, right? You're just not the fan, you know what I'm talking about? And that's yes. what Gary talks about too. Uh, you know, if you want to sell Smurfs, sell them. You know, if people don't like them, that means it's not for them. And uh, same same here. Like I just I, I just started because I knew that I wanted to move somewhere. I m- wanted to uh, uh, take the next big step. And uh, this was it. I just really it was it was a bit of a leap of faith to be honest definitely i mean that's how you know that's how it goes we usually just you know people who take risks people who want to build something we just jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down you know it's like you have to just take that leap of faith and you know i i applaud you for that because a lot of people don't well, just thank get you started. thank you like, i remember yeah definitely like i remember back in 2019 when i started social media i wasn't on social media at all and i'm sure you were you know i think you were one of the first people um who noticed my profile guys i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you for the listeners uh and i think it was october september 2019 um <laughs> i was i was a junior in high school and uh i saw this page called niti saran on instagram it had 700 followers I was like, okay, well, that's another quarter, I guess, entrepreneur making different, like, content about entrepreneurship and, you know, and things like that. 700 followers, right? I was like, okay, all right. You know, she's 14, 15. I guess that's pretty cool. And so uh, you you should understand the amount of shock and surprise that I have in my face right now when I go on Niti Saran's page and see 21,000 followers. I, I, I think you can understand my, my shock. And uh, I think over that year in 2019, 2020, you grew uh, your page to like 10,000 people, something like that. And at the, at the time, I was managing another like another social media page and uh, for our, our high school student council, you can probably remember. And uh, me looking at my page and looking at your page, I was like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and so, yeah, guys, Nidhi Saran is awesome. Please follow her, you know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean like I really appreciate that I really appreciate you you know sticking with me since the beginning and that's why I had you on this podcast because I've I've been knowing you since then and you know those of you listening we, we went to the same high school I mean I'm still you know a sophomore but he's in college now but that's crazy to think about and like yeah I really want to see your page blow up too I mean it just takes time and consistency and I would say you know taking that you know getting time off from school also allowed me to grow as well so I mean definitely so 
you know, you having design theory, I really applaud you for that. Like I said, and I want you to like really succeed with that. I, I want to see you at 20K by the, you know, by the end oh, of this let's year. Do it, maybe. Let's do it. And like, so, yeah, you definitely got this. So, what's its purpose or its mission? Like, what do you want to accomplish? With so, it? as I said before, um, you know, the idea of design theory is, uh, is combining uh, the design side, the art side with business side. Because what I see a lot in the in this kind of space is um, there are a lot of artists, a lot of people who make beautiful work. Just recently, I was uh, doing some research on portfolio websites, you know, because I'm in the process of this. Re- and uh, I, I see so many beautiful websites. Maybe you, you get no idea. Websites that they're, they're just amazing. Right. And uh, I scroll through those websites and I realized that like, hey, they're not practical at all. Like, okay, they look amazing. They look dope, but I can't find the homepage. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, 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 it's a disconnect. <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying that, you know, that happens like too many times, but um, I think it's an issue. And uh, I think it's an issue that uh, needs to be uh, built a community around. And that's the idea of design theory, you know, connecting creativity with logic. That's also what uh, Martin Newman in his book, uh, The Brand Gap, talks about. It's uh, the book is about branding, but it still the point still applies that for, you know for companies to create great great brands, there has to be uh, a strong connection between creativity and logic, right? And so, and so um, I I often use this uh, quote uh, uh, that I think it perfectly describes the idea of the blog and you know, really the difference between design, like great design and art. It goes like this, uh, design is an act of empathy and art is an act of selfish freedom. Design, uh, the way you look so, at design is you're listening, you're being empathetic to your client, you know, to whoever you try to, to whoever problem, whoever's problem you're trying to solve, right? You're being empathetic, you're listening, you're understanding their needs and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're adjusting yourself, adjusting your solution to them, you know, to best suit them. But in art, right, your, uh, I guess your, how can I put this? Your uh, primary goal is to, is to do whatever you want, right? To express, express yourself, you know, mm-hmm. do what, what you think is best. And uh, a lot of people, when they design logos and uh, the graphics, they, they go from that. They go from, okay, what, what do I think? What, what do I like? What, what's my style? There is no style in design. If you're a designer and you have style, uh, you got a problem because uh, not all clients are going to like your style. Not 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 all clients your style will be suitable. So uh, that's the idea of design theory to again connect creativity and logic and to infuse design with more objectivity and more strategy. Wow, I, I never really thought about it like that, like design versus art. Like to think about it now, it like makes a lot of sense with that quote you gave. And, you know, to, you know, connect creativity with logic, I would just think like design is just like art, like what you want to do. But you're so right about that. I never really had that perspective where, you know, you turn and you have empathy for your customer. It's what your customer wants is what mm-hmm. your target audience is. That's why like with art, it's like you have a style and with design, you really don't. And I really 
I really admire that perspective. I found that interesting. Never really thought about it that way. So, you know, you talk about a lot of this sort of stuff in your content. I noticed you refer to a lot of mm -hmm. fresh perspective throughout your content regarding like branding and design. So I want to ask a couple questions, like, you know, going back to some pieces of your content. So my first question for you is like, what is branding? Like, what is branding to someone who doesn't know it? What's your definition of branding and why is it important? branding? Um, what I would say branding is the process of um, shortcut. It's building a shortcut to your product or service. And what I mean by um, what is the brand? First of all, a brand is a gut feeling. A brand is, uh, is a gut feeling you get when you look at something. It can be, or you feel something. It could be a sound. It could be a picture. It could be, you know, it could be a symbol. It could be anything, right? And uh, a lot of people say this, but I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to bring this up too because it's just, it's just, it's just a good point, right? When, when I say Nike, when you see a swoosh, right, it has, it carries value. That feeling, that image carries with, with, within itself a value, right? It's a feeling of being athletic. It's a, you know, it's a feeling of being fast, being cool. And that's what a brand, branding is, creating that feeling and attaching it to certain touch, certain brand touch, touch points. You know, it could be customer service. It could be, as I said, like a symbol, an image, you know, with, you know, Intel processors, right? People, all, most laptops have Intel processors. That sound, da -da -da -dum, you know, and ask, this is it. This is it. Because when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay, Intel, there's Intel inside. Like, if that's, that computer must be good. You know what I'm talking about? That's what branding is. It's really using strategy and using vis visuals to, um, to, create that, to create that gut feeling. And uh, talking about importance, why that's important. Um, I'll be 100% 100, 100 honest with you. Branding is not important all the time, and it's not important for some industries as it is for others. Um, but the reason it became so much important is because of the uh, changing economies. In the 19, let's say 20s, uh, you know, having a brand wasn't that much, uh, as much uh, important as it is now, because back then, people bought what works, right? It was the kind of economy where, you know, whoever produces it best, the highest quality product wins but you know over time it became easier to make mm -hmm. things and now anyone can start let's say a, a, you know a company that makes pens it just that it, anyone can do it but back then um it was hard to do something like that and um over time as our, our economies grew uh we moved to an economy where you know people don't compare well, most of the time people don't compare features right they don't compare okay that camera has 12 megapixels that camera has 13 megapixels one phone is better than the other like that that, that doesn't happen that much as much often right it it uh people choose people don't have time there's too much information thrown at you people don't have time to review all of it and so you know as lazy beings you know for us we're trying to build shortcuts and uh branding is that shortcut it's as i said it's it's reputation it's a feeling it's an expectation that that product is going to be good that product is going to be what you know what you know it is going to be and um that's what branding is all about wow branding is a shortcut i never heard it put like you're welcome <laughs> amazing like 
<laughs> you heard it from Max. Branding is a shortcut. That's incredible, for real. I always thought, like, my way of putting it was branding is like a reputation, just like you said, connecting with your, you know, mm -hmm. customer and like customer service and putting it all together and having that reputation to like shorten the, um, the I would say the time, if that makes sense, for people to decide whether they want your product or not. And like you said, with the changing economy, it all has to do with that as well. So I find that to be really great. Like you said, branding is a shortcut. So that's incredible. So my other question is, how does branding tie in with good design? What's the relationship? So as I said, branding is, it could be many things. It could be customer service. It's basically any touch, any uh, touch point with the business, uh, any, okay, how can I put this? Um, I'm stuttering a little bit. Remind me, guys. Um, um, with branding, time. there are many touch points. As I said, it could be customer service. It could be a sound. It could be a visual. It could be, it could be anything. And uh, the way to is, uh, and when I mean design, I mean graphic design. Uh, graphic design often plays a huge part in branding because it's one of the easiest things to do, right? It's hard to build a brand over, over sound. It's possible, but it's harder than to build it over design. And, um, you know, with great design, what you can do is to build a visual identity, right? Because uh, let's say a company doesn't really have a, a steady visual identity. And uh, because of that, it's hard to recognize it. It's hard to, because it's hard to recognize hard to uh, uh, uh it's harder to build a brand over it hard to build a visual brand over it and you know the way great design ties with branding is design is an immense tool for um you know building that consistent um credibility to the company to their products or to their services and um that's basically it i mean it's as simple as that That's that's great. We put it really well, you know, building that credibility and all that to tie in with branding. So what's you also, um, you know, made a piece of content and it had to do with storytelling. So can you uh, explain the importance of storytelling? storytelling. Um, well, um, when I used to when I OK, uh, a couple of years ago, like, well, like a year or something ago, I was really into I'd consider design going to design, but I was more focused. I really wanted to do marketing. And um, during, let's say, my marketing days, uh, I read a, read a lot of Seth Godin and, you know, books about marketing. And uh, one of the big pieces of all of it was storytelling. Because uh, what we see often is, you know, as, just, as that say, by this, by that, you know, it's in they're incredibly simple, right? And um, mm -hmm. what Seth Godin talked about is a complete shift in marketing. Uh, and that shift was, uh, you know, uh, sincere and being, being a storyteller. Because, you know, storytelling is, is very close to us. It's very close to humans. It's, it's, we all love it in different forms. Some people like it in music. Some people like, like it in books. And, uh, but we all like it. It's, uh, it's, in, it's in some form. Um, you know, when you apply sincerity and storytelling and marketing, when you tell a story with your product, then people naturally tend to like it more. It's, it just drives sales. And that's the whole idea of storytelling. And it, it can also apply in branding. And um, uh, st yeah, basically storytelling is, a, is, an, is an immensely powerful tool to uh, sell things, however selfish that might be. But again, like with marketing is uh, what Seth Godin also brings up is that it's not just selling. You know, when you when your goal is to just sell, 
just to make money, you know, you're not going to last long because uh, in, in an economy like ours, right, where, you know, just making good product is not good enough, where branding matters, sincerity matters the most. It, it matters more more than any at any time in history. And uh, when you when you're truly trying to help someone, when you tr- when you truly believe in what you do in your product and your service, right, and you have a genuine story, I mean that's a killer combination. That's a killer combination. That's it. Definitely. I mean, I always, you know, I always say and I always think as well that storytelling has a lot to do with good branding, building a good reputation and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because, like, if you can tell us not only like just storytelling in general for people to connect to the story, but if you could tell a story where you've been here, like this is a personal brand, for example, but if or any brand where you can say that, you know, we started here and now we're here, people can relate back to the, you know, the starting point and say, wow, you've made it this far, like, and maybe I can do it too like you know as a personal brand myself i can say you know being able to Mm -hmm. tell my story like i started here and now i'm here then people can connect to the place i first was and they can see oh you made it that far now where's the vehicle to get there and they come to me for that whether it's through my you know my content or where whether it's through my products or services and i think that's really important for a branding if you want to you know on a bigger scale a big brand can definitely use storytelling um Mm -hmm. you know boost sales boost you know you know building a community and all that sort of stuff and you know that also leads into another piece of content no problem that i want to like draw um some you know yeah conversation from is why attention is the most precious well that goes back to my point about uh uh about the world currently we are how can i put this we there's so much information out there so many things to do so many things that that trying to so many things that companies are trying us to buy at the same all at the same time that so many ads so many everything and um in this economy uh and this environment really time becomes uh precious incredibly precious it, it always has been but nowadays it's even more so because we're all we're all connected through social networks and uh, like I said, you know, so much information is thrown at us. So many things are trying to grab our attention because that's what sells. That's what uh, our time, our attention is what, uh, you know, people can make money now on. Because uh, if, if it's not, if it's not, let's say, if they can't sell your product, they will give it to you for free. But there's always a trade-off. And that trade-off is time. As I say, you either give time or, or you either give money. Right. And uh, money used to be the exchange tool, but now it's time. Now, and now we get everything for free or we'll get an exchange is uh, our time, our attention. We, you know, we, we go, uh, we play a game, but we also see ads on the sides. Right. We, uh, we, I guess we shop online, we go on website, we read articles, but we also see ads on the side. Right. And, uh, and tension is, and it's not just ads, right. It's also self things again are trying to grab our attention and not most of them are not are not making our lives better that's the truth they just don't and uh you know it's your responsibility to see where you where your attention goes and um that's why that's why it's so important because it's attention is what drives all your um i guess self-improvement and uh drives your life in a better or worse direction 
Definitely, definitely. So you're saying attention is where your focus goes, where your energy goes. And, you know, that's what drives everything else. And I would also say it connects back to like, like you were saying, um, you know, seeing ads and things like that. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. I was list- I listened to Gary Vee a lot back in 2019, early 2020. And I would say, you know, he always says when you have a social media platform and you have a big platform on that, you know, that social media platform, mm-hmm. like let's say 100,000 followers on Instagram, you shouldn't be worried if, you know, Instagram disappears tomorrow because what you have to do is move on to the next mm-hmm. platform. Make sure you're going where the attention is. And, you know, I say, I think that's very important because, you know, nowadays it's also like people are always on social media. They want their quick fix and you have to grab their attention, you know, as easily as a snap of a finger. You have to be able to grab their attention right away. And, you know, being able to do that in, you know, a short form piece of content or anything like that, you know, you know, an ad, it's really important and attention just well like see it's said. also in this um, it's like know, it's we'll just, see in this like environment it's piece- also as i said uh you know you can grab attention there are a lot of tools to grab attention but what are you grabbing the attention for is it something that hey it's, is, 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 is it a selfish goal mm-hmm. or are you trying to you know be a sle- sleazy salesman and sell like and sell something what's the what's the idea right and uh like in my space what i often see is I'm, I'm not sure if you know, but there are a lot of pages like mine that make content that looks awesome, looks amazing, right? And the writing is great and everything. But, you know, yep. what I just completely despise, and I use the, that word, but really it, it just, I despise it is that, uh, you know, they, they would say, they would put some topic, right? And they would put, they would put, they would put some completely unrelated graphics into it, like t- some pictures. Let's say there was a, I think there was this post that talks about uh, should you sell your, should you really design logos for free? And then next to that title, there was a Viking. I'm like, wait a second. Why is there a Viking next to it? But the idea was that Viking was screaming, right? Like it, it had like a very aggressive face. It had, he had like a very aggressive face and that attention. And I was like, how sleazy is that? How unfair that is, right? You know what I'm talking about? And uh, oh. think like, there yeah. was also this post. I don't remember what the title was, but you know that title is completely unrelated with the picture. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, sure, that will give you likes, but uh, you know what is that? And you know the the that became my model. Like I would not, I would not, you know, put pictures or graphics. I would try to make my layouts and my content with catchy titles and you know images that are related. I'm not trying to create clickbait in any way. You know, I would much rather have a um, a high quality content that doesn't attract much attention, right? But is trying to genuinely help someone and you know solve a problem than have a have a piece of content that's attracting a lot of attention but not helping anyone. That's what I think is important to separate in this in this environment. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I really respect and applaud you for that, actually, because a lot of people do what you just said, like you find pieces of content that are just clickbait. And, you know, to be honest, clickbait is just going to help you in the short term. And it's not really going to help you in the long term. And like what you're doing, you're playing the long term game. And it's like, you know, you don't want to be that sleazy salesman, you want to actually genuinely help. And when you're just seeing like a, a, a Viking on a piece of content, like, 
how is that, you know, in some way helping someone for real? Like your content is really valuable. If I go through your blog right now, like it's all that's the it's idea. I'm not asking for anything. Nothing you're asking for, and it's just that's exactly it. Yep, and it's just give, 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 and that's how you win this game. Is you just have to give as much as you can in the beginning. You know, I remember in the beginning uh, when I was starting off in 2019, I didn't, I wasn't selling anything. Like I just put, I was just putting content out there. Like I just gave, 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 even if I had no idea what I was talking about, like I just put myself out there and just started to talk about it. And I find that to be really, really sure. important. Uh, yeah. Also yeah. another thing so, I just wanted to, to go back a little bit is, um, sure, go ahead. you know, with, with, uh, with clickbait content, right. You can get thousands of followers, but is that, is, is that a high quality audience? Right. I'm, I'm not sure where I heard it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's in every in every in every very in every in every uh, well-built brand who drives the most sales it's let's say like a, a company has 1000 customers right and it's a very passionate brand it's a very well-built brand those 1000 customers they don't drive the brand who drives that brand is the 10 people who are extremely fanatic about it right it's also applies it also goes back to the 20 uh, 80 20 rule, right? That, uh, you know, 20% of causes lead to 80% of effects. It applies here very, it applies here just, just like that, right? 20% of your customer base will drive 80% of your, of your sales. And it's, it's, it's the same thing here. I would much rather have a hundred, a hundred extremely passionate followers, followers that are very passionate about my content and, about, and my mission than have 100,000 followers who semi care about what I have to say. Definitely. I mean, that's the right, you're, you got a good head on your shoulders. You're thinking in the right way. And that perspective is what's going to make you win on social media, not only social media, but when you build, you know, a big graphic design company or whatever you have in mind for the future with design theory, that's what's going to help you win is that it's quality mm-hmm. over quantity always. And that's what helps you build a really good, you know, community and brand. And, you know, that's how you're going to win. So there was this one post I saw you post on your Instagram story a couple times. And it was like a picture of Bob oh, okay. <laughs> So I want to talk about that because I found that to be, <laughs> I want I found it to be like intriguing. So not only does like, I did some research on it and not only does box water like help the environment because it's not made of plastic and stuff, but it also- You know more about it than I do. You know more about it than I do. So I literally just picked opinion. up the box. I was, I was in Stop and Shop by my house. And uh, <laughs> for, for those guys who don't know, Stop and Shop is like more, it's like Whole Foods. It's a, it's a mix between Whole Foods and, and Walmart. And there's this aisle with mm-hmm. very weird stuff. They sell tea, these like, like kind of different, different kinds of tea. And there was this boxed water. I'm not, basically, it, imagine a milk carton, right? And imagine if you made it smaller, put some amazing typography on it, and uh, ma- made it water instead of milk. That's what it looked like. And that was, it was so shocking to me. And, you know, as, as a person who really appreciates good design, that box was very well designed. And I picked it up, and I took a picture of it, and uh, I uploaded it on Instagram because I was just so amazed because this is it. I don't want to buy regular water. I want to buy water that's designed well, okay? <laughs> 
no that's that's incredible like i um you know just actually you saying like i know more about it because like i did the research and the fact that i knew that it helps the environment now it leads into the question i was going to ask because you bought it because of the design so my question was in your opinion would you say people want like more people want to buy that sort of thing because it helps the environment aka its branding and reputation or would you say they want to buy it that's, because of okay, its design that's um that's a very um, complicated topic because, like I said some time ago, like 10 minutes ago, that not all businesses need design services, right? Like my philosophy is um, I'm not going to really try to get a client who doesn't need my services in the first place. That's just – what is that? That's just sleazy that, – that's just sleazy – like being a sleazy salesman, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the water business because I don't know who makes how much. But uh, for what I know, um, um, you know, the, um, the premise that your company is helping your products and your company is helping the environment is a, is a huge brand builder nowadays because uh, companies can't afford to do that. You know, they can't afford to go around their ways and to that are, you know, uh, you know, that are green, that are environmentally uh, sustainable and everything. And uh, that's a brain builder because people care about it. People care about climate change. People care about nature more than ever. And uh, and that's a huge brand builder. It doesn't work for everyone, but it's definitely a brand builder. And if we're talking about design, uh, you know, not everyone who's buying paint at Home Depot is going to care about uh, the design of the box. Of course, it matters, right? It matters to an extent, but not everyone's going to care about that because uh not not everyone is so interested in buying amazing paint you know what i'm talking about like and it, it goes back to this uh with water i i'm not i do not know the business i haven't worked with anyone in the in the water selling business and uh uh what i say it matters definitely matters but to what extent i can't tell you that All right. All right. So, I mean, it's really interesting to hear your insights still, because I mean, I personally like, you know, I was like, in my opinion, I would think it would be, you know, helping the environment somewhat. But like you said, when you said like, you didn't know anything about it, like the fact that I said that it helps the environment and you didn't know it and you just bought it. Because of the see, design. see, that, I mean, that's going back to my person, point. Like, I, guess, I it caught my eye because and, I'm a designer. I appreciate good design. And not, not it's, a lot of people would just like, okay, mm -hmm. that, that's a cool looking bottle. Okay, that's it. You know what I'm talking about? And I was the right person for it, for that bottle, bottle of water. Yeah. I was I almost bought it, but my dad was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is it. You know, this is, uh, this is the point I was making earlier that uh, products are for everyone. And uh, design can help you, but it's, it's not always the case. It's just a tool that parts it can help with things and you know in some businesses it can help more than others definitely definitely i like um you know just having that sort of insight and you know hearing you know what you think of box water and all that sort of stuff the fact that it grabbed your you know and i like how everything in this um this podcast that we've talked about so far is like connecting back to each other like you saying it caught your attention mm -hmm. because that design was perfect for you like it's perfect for the specific customer that target audience so i think that's amazing and you know 
One thing that I always talk about, I just want to hear your opinion on this, is, you know, I noticed that Box Water, the brand, has a huge omnipresence all over social media, mm-hmm. right? So they have, you know, a Twitter, they have an Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So I always preach that an omnipresence means, you know, you can help build your mm-hmm. brand profile and put content out into different social media platforms. And it can boost it can boost brand awareness, visibility and success. So what's your opinion on that? Like building I mean, an omnipresence, does it benefit a brand? Is, uh, you know, having, okay, uh, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a go back a little bit, um, go back to marketing, because, you know, there are, if you, mm-hmm. if you could divide all ads, all marketing campaigns into, into two, uh, two different categories, it would be one category when, where they're uh, trying to sell something. They're saying, okay, you know, that, they do this and this. Uh, here's the price. Please buy. You know what I'm talking about? That's one That's one category of, uh, of advertising and marketing. But the mm-hmm. other category is, is something more um, uh, something more ambiguous. You know, it's, let's say, Apple uh, making an ad about happiness or, you know, Microsoft, like, like basically like a video or like a video with a narration talking about, let's say, happiness or, you know, some different goals or beliefs. And then there's a logo at the end. That's a different kind of advertising, the different kind of marketing. And that's um, mm-hmm. it's about with social media, right? It's not necessarily, you know, trying to sell your product. It's um, that's an indirection in marketing because it, it's starting to uh, value more and more. Like I said, people are not, are not buying th- some uh, things because they're better than, than the other, let's say better than the competitor. They're buying it because they believe it's better than the competitor. Right. And uh, with social media is, uh, is a, is a very powerful mm-hmm. tool in and because social media drive the most attention right now. It's not billboard ads. It's not, I don't know, ads in magazines. It's social media. Do you know how many people use? And uh, that's, that's what works right now. And I think this is right now, currently social media is the best tool for one of the best tools for building a brand. That's your brand touch point. Definitely, definitely. I mean, all, yeah, like most attention is going to social media. If you think about it, like when people are watching TV, like even the ads <laughs> they see on TV, unless it's like the Super Bowl or something, they're not paying attention to these ads. They're picking up their phone and they're look, they're going through their phone during the, you know, the well, hey, hey, and I think I'll, really I'll go back a little bit. You know, any, I'm not going to say that the ads are useless, but they work for those people who they work for. Some some people love TV, right? And those TV ads yeah. are for them. We don't watch TV. It's not for us. You know what I'm talking about? That's a distinction. To say that TV is a completely useless medium, that would be incorrect. Because it's it's a lot of people a lot of people watch TV. It's a less it's less a number than let's say ten years ago, but it's still a medium. It's still workable. And uh, uh, you, you get my point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely right about that. I mean, like you said, like touching back on to the point that we made earlier a couple times is, you know, it's everything is for that target audience. There is there are people all over who are interested in looking in different things. So, of course, there are going to be people who would see a billboard ad, who would see a TV ad, who would see a magazine ad and who would, you know, take action. on Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, it just depends on who you're targeting. 
Definitely. So, I mean, I noticed, like, you know, just speaking with you and going through your content, like, you draw, and I also see through your stories you post, you draw a mm-hmm. lot of inspiration from great thinkers like Seth Godin and Paul Rand. Um, I mean, I learned from a lot from? of people, but if we're talking about, I guess, the biggest inspiration, inspirations in my life, um, well, I'm a fan of his books, but I wouldn't say, you know, I'm a huge fan, you know, a big follower. Um, let me think. That would probably be um, David Goggins. I'm not sure if you're f- familiar with that person, but David Goggins, yes. <laughs> well, sorry about yes, that, I but David Goggins is, those of you who don't know, no, David no, no, Goggins no. is, well, he was on the level with Mike Tyson. I'm being called the toughest person in the world, basically. I'm going to tell you a short story. He was, I think he was in the Navy for 15, 20 years. And um, to get into the Navy, he uh, uh, he lost 120 pounds in three or four months. And uh, from there on, he just became a tough guy. He went through uh, three Hell Weeks in, in one year. For those who don't, know, who don't know, Hell Week is the hardest week in, in Navy training. And Navy training is the hardest training in the world. So uh, that was pretty, it, it was a good achievement, let's put it this way. And, uh, you know, from there on, he became, you know, uh, can I curse on this podcast now? Okay, he became a tough motherfucker, okay? And uh, he, after yeah, he finished course, the Navy, he ran uh, <laughs> many ultra marathons. For those of you who don't know, ultra marathon is like 100 miles. He ran, I think he ran an ultra marathon every weekend, seven times. So like that would be seven marathons over the course of seven weeks. So he's a crazy guy. And I'm not going to tell you anymore because just go on his Instagram page, it's David Goggins, and uh, just look at it because that, the guy is, is, is just crazy. But I, I like him for that. I like him for this mentality. We don't want to go. He came up with this idea, with this, the 40% rule. When you think you're completely done, that's it. Like you, you want to stop. You're completely done. You have no, no more energy in you. He says that at that point you've only used forty percent of your energy, right? When you say you're completely done, that's it. It's only forty percent. And uh, I think for the most time he's right. And uh, for me, David Goggins has driven a lot of. I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a big like gym and fitness, fitness geek. And uh, for me, he's driven that, and he's really driven me to work nights. And um, mm-hmm. he's, I, I guess he. Uh, He's one of my biggest inspirations in my life, besides my dad. That's incredible. Well, let's That's incredible. do it. So I'm going to delve into personal development now because I love hearing this. Like, it put a smile on my face. Like, it's awesome that you, you know, that 40, you know, percent thing that you talked about, like, when you're completely out of it and, you know, you still have you can still push and you can still go like that's crazy so i want to delve into personal development so i saw you post this screenshot of the weather on your story like last month or so back in the summer oh. I think it was, and it was like negative two degrees out and it was snowing and yet you still decided to go on a run so what um, that reminds me of, well like, that goes back a little bit it, that goes back that. i think uh to summer of 2020 uh me and my friend we were very about uh, fitness and uh Goggins and uh, really from 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 a couple of years ago we just found the uh, the cathartic release and fitness and gym and you know gym going exercising because you know for us the reason we start working out is to impress girls you know to get their attention and everything but later we find out that doesn't work as well as we thought but that's another story 
uh, <laughs> and uh, for right now, for us, what Jim is is really a cathartic release. It's the release of emotions. It's the uh, a place where it's a church. It's a it's a place where you pray in the form of lifting things up and putting them down. Mm. And uh, it really it, it like it may seem very uh, how can I put this very uh, simple and um. Oh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Simple and uh, primitive, but it's not. It's really building yeah, from the from the uh, physical point of view. And uh, what we did is we saw that they, we, we, we saw it like that and we decided, okay, let's do something like David Goggins does because David Goggins doesn't do it for the looks. He doesn't want to have a 22-inch bicep. That's not his goal. What, the reason he's doing it is because that – running 10 miles a day is a uh, is a uh, is an excess for the mind for him right he doesn't he he tries to become the best version of himself through uh the physicality you know through uh running and uh for us we saw this as, as an opportunity and we we're like okay what crazy shit we can do to build our minds and uh thankfully for us david Goggins came out with a challenge and it's called four by four by 48 i think Basically, the idea is to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So if that means you're going to wake up at 3 a.m. and run four miles, you got to do it. Then you go back to bed, and then you wake up at 7 a.m. and you run four miles again. Then you wake up at 11 a.m. and you go run four miles. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, we're not runners, so we got to um, down those numbers a little bit. So what we did is we created, we created routines for each other. So... I had a routine when I ran one mile and a half, I think, plus a couple, a couple push-ups, a couple sets of push-ups, pull-ups, and like some boxing routine. Basically, all, all in all, that took me like 25 minutes. I, we, me, he also had a routine, something similar to that, and uh, we did it every four hours for 48 hours. And uh, I mean, for the first day, it was okay. It was still hard, but you know, it was okay. But the hardest thing came when the night came because. Um, you know, waking up at, what was it, I think 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., that was a pain in the ass, to say the least, you know, but we did not want to get up at all. That was one of the worst nights of my life, but mm-hmm. we did it because we could. We did it because we believed that, because we wanted to really, we believe that this will help us become the better version of ourselves. And, uh, and also, to be honest with you, it really extends our reputation as Russian guys. You know, like we're Russians, we're tough and everything. So that also helps. But it was just by the end of it, I remember I went to bed thinking, man, that would, that was really an achievement. Right. And uh, ever since, uh, I've been really kind of passionate about running and even more passionate about running and exercising. And as you said, that's coming back to your story. I'm sorry I digress so much, but. Uh, coming back to that story, I really, I like it was okay for, for those of you guys who don't know. It was snowing outside. It was the, I think it was the first snow right of this winter. It was it was a storm. It was snowing. Uh, it was cold outside. Yeah. But I saw this as an opportunity. First of all, I love running. I you know I came to love running over time. But and and, and for me, okay, Max, this is going to be a hard run, and that's that's okay. That's fun. That's what makes fun. That's what makes it fun because it's so hard and it's because no one would do it but you, you know, and that uh, I'll be honest with you, it's not just exercising. It's just the thought that, okay, I'm going to do it, but most people won't. That that brings you satisfaction because um, because if you're doing something that most people are not willing to do, a lot of times that's going to put you on a place where most people are not willing to go to. 
you know you know you know what i'm saying and uh for it may may seem like a crazy right. thing to do in short term right yeah. oh you're gonna get a cold you're gonna get this and that i didn't see it that way i was opportunity for me to really become a badass motherfucker you know what i'm talking about this is this is a way for me to become david goggins number two that's that's the whole idea definitely I mean, I find that you know, your mental toughness that. and discipline is on another level for someone your age, you know, like, there's not a lot of people, yeah, definitely, like, there's not, not a lot of people your age, like, you're going into your 20s, if I'm not mistaken, and it's like, in your 20s, you have to, like, build, 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 and having that sort of mentality where you have to be disciplined, you know, you build your, you build your body, you build your mind, you build your bank account, rich and rich and rich, that's the build goal, your, mind, your body, your mind, and your bank account, <laughs> especially when you're going into your 20s. Rich and ripped, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's definitely, it's amazing. And, you know, the amount of wisdom, brother, that I got from you saying that you're like, you know, that like the church, you know, a gym is like a church. Yeah, I would also post my, I'm sorry, I would often post my Instagram, like my personal Instagram it's like that really helps you. Uh, you know, I would p- post a picture of myself in the gym and I would say like a Sunday service completed. You know, I'm talking about like, I really look, I really look at the gym as my church. Uh, when I, uh, going back, I think like two months ago, I had Corona. My family had Corona, and I couldn't go to the gym. And uh, I, I had a fever and everything, and I, I felt so terrible. I haven't gone to the gym in a month, and uh, I just noticed the the drop in my mental health. And when I came back, I just it was such a relief. And that's when I realized that gym really has become my church. It really has become my meditation. And uh, I think you know building. You know, especially over the past like two, three months, what I learned is that life is is a series of addictions, and uh, what you choose to get addicted to is what what going to determine how good your life is. You know, you can you can you can get addicted to fitness, or you can get addicted to you know what I'm talking about like, and uh, there's no there's no way around it. You can get addicted to success. You can get addicted to yeah. uh, to money. You can get addicted to so many things. But not all things, some things are bad, some, some things are good for you. And, uh, you know, when you make something your addiction, something good, like fitness, your addiction, it really can, it drives you, it really benefits you and your life. Wow, you said life is a series of addictions. Nobody has, well, there's so many things in this, in this episode, there's so much value that people are going to get from this, it's crazy, because the amount of things, yeah, like you put things in ways that I have not thought of before, and it's just crazy. So, you know, before I let you go, I really appreciate you, but before I let you go, if Whoa, you could say I mean, I have so many things in my mind at the same time, I don't even be? know. Uh, let's say this is my deathbed, and my my granddaughters and grandsons were listening. What would I say? Um, honestly, um, that's what I was. Insp- that's what I've been inspired by recently. And this is not my idea. Get from Gary V. But you're gonna die. One day you're gonna die. What you gonna do about? It? What you gonna do about? It? Because uh, I made this count, but uh, I had some free time and I saw this calendar online. It's not a regular calendar. It's basically a countdown of weeks till you're 80, basically till you die, right? And it's just like a sheet of paper with a lot of squares on it, right? And every square represents a week in your life. And when, yeah. when you feel it, when you look at it, you're like, holy shit, that's it. That's, 
it's you literally you literally objectify you make your life visible on paper you make it uh you make it you make it look into numbers right you make it into numbers and you can actually see how much time you have left approximately obviously but and when you look at it that way you're like oh my god i am gonna die what am i gonna do about it you know am i gonna regret things on my deathbed thinking that th that's actually one of the things that also drive me is you know, I go to bed at night and I'm thinking, Max, did you do everything you could to? Because one day you're going to die and you're terribly afraid of having things in your mind when you die. You know, I'm talking about we all have finite time on this earth, on this planet. And, um, you know, living a life that's not satisfying to you, that doesn't make sense to you, that you don't like, is just, it's just nonsensical to me. Yes, we all have our hardships, but would you rather still live in those hardships and, uh, you know, maximize yourself or rather, you know, at least try to build the life that you want. I'm not asking to actually build it because what happens a lot, not, not, not all people have the life that they want because this is, a, this is a very competitive world, right? But would you, would you rather on your deathbed, would you rather think that you haven't tried because you were too lazy to achieve what you want? Or would you rather think that, hey, I tried my best, it didn't work out, that's that's life, that's okay. What what kind of thought would you rather have? <laughs> Damn. Uh -huh. You really you really put it into perspective. And it I know is. what you're talking about with that calendar that you have. It's like life is so short, man. So it's like you gotta take advantage when you can. It's crazy. So thank you for that. Thank you for that piece of parting wisdom. So, you know, it's really awesome to hear it. I love it. And, you know, thank you for taking thank the time you, thank to explain you. all of this when it comes to branding design and also your passion for personal development and, you know, going to the gym and fitness and all that. Really so uh, you can find me and, you know, at now Max, uh, S-O-K-O underscore. That's my personal account. Or you can follow my, uh, and or you can follow my blog, Design Theory. It's DZN Theory on Instagram. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh website but it's in development so i'm not gonna announce it yet but <laughs> yeah that's it thank you very much awesome awesome well it was a pleasure having you on the show man you know you're one of the first people that i knew since i got started on social thank media, you very so much a ton of value from this both me and the audience and i'm sure even thank you, you. Need to. good luck so with everything thanks for being on and i appreciate the hell Bye. out of you and i'll talk to you soon Max.